0: I hope you've seen the movie Ender's Game, or if you haven't seen it, that you'll watch it and also read the book Ender's Game. I used to love that book so much that we named our dog Ender, sweet little whippet that lived till 13. Anyway, the quick summary of the story is that there are aliens attacking Earth, and the powers that be, the government, realize that children are the best hope because they're young and they are smart, they have fast reflexes, they're not, you know, tainted by assumptions and expectations. So there's this training school in space where they train the kids to fight the aliens with like, you know, robots and <clears throat> advanced technology and spaceships stuff like that. So the kid Ender who ends up being the one that is picked, spoiler alert, of course, obviously this is going to spoil it. Um he goes to fight the final battle with the aliens. And there's a cool twist to the story that I won't mention, so there will be some surprises for you. But the strategy he takes, he's, you know, genius, off-the-charts smart. The strategy that he takes totally surprises all of the commanders and generals and everything. This kid Ender's like 12 years old or something, whatever. And the strategy that he takes is he, he quickly realizes what the situation is when he's in this final battle. And he realizes that in order to win, he has to do some crazy stuff that none of the grownups probably would have ever, ever thought about or tried. And what he does is he abandons like half of his army and they all like die instantly humans, real humans, you know, he just abandons half of his army, and focuses on using this one weapon to destroy the alien planet. And at first, it just seems crazy what he's doing. But then you realize that, like, the, you know, it was a losing battle he was going into. And this was like his only chance. And when he wins, you realize you you're just blown away. Like, I like to watch that scene, like over and over again in the movie, because you're you're just like, how, you know, it's just amazing that he figured out just this one weak spot that they had, but it took just a totally insane strategy to get it done. And I actually think that that's a really good analogy for mold avoidance in two ways. I will never forget the actual moment when I realized that I had to move my family to New Mexico and we ended up living there for a year and a half. It was a moment just like Ender's Game, the end of the movie, this final battle, where I realized that it was the only way to get the job done. And it was kind of insane, but it was the only way to get the job done because I had a family and kids. And in California and Nevada, there were so many reasons we couldn't find stability. You know, real estate prices are high. The cities were a lot more toxic The only way I could stay clear enough to heal was for us to be like camping in the woods, you know, and you can't raise a family camping in the woods. So I, you can do that for, it's great to do that for like a year or two. We, we traveled in our RV all over the place for a year or two because we had to, to learn mold avoidance skills. But for the real deep healing of, you know, intensification from like year two to three, we, we couldn't do that forever. So I realized that, you know, around parts of New Mexico, northern New Mexico that we ended up living in for a year and a half, it was the only place I found where my family could have some stability. My daughter could go to gymnastics, you know, we could have internet, like we could live kind of like normally and be clear at the same time, clear enough to heal. And I'm not saying there aren't other places as clear as New Mexico. That was just the one that we found. Um, There's probably hundreds, thousands more places like that. Whatever, I don't know. But it required a certain clarity of mind and determination to abandon our desire to live in places that we wanted to live more. We didn't want to live in New Mexico. None of us did. Um, We didn't really like it. But the thing is that... I think, and this is really the crux of the message. I think there's more at stake than people realize. And I was starting to realize at those moments how much was really at stake. Like, if we didn't do the deep healing, even though we didn't really want to be in New Mexico, if we didn't do that, things would end up being a lot worse than what you might realize. Like, we were going to run out of money. My family was going to go crazy because we didn't have stability. Um, and without money, we couldn't do mold avoidance anymore. And like, it was going to get really bad. Like we were, we were, we had this illusion that we were walking across a bridge surrounded by water, but we were really walking across a bridge surrounded by hot lava. If that, if you'll take that analogy, <clears throat> like it wasn't just, it, was, it wasn't It was really a choice to move to New Mexico. It wasn't like we had any other option. And when, we re- when I realized that, my family was actually on vacation in Lake Tahoe, visiting family, visiting, you know, and I was all by myself in Southern California where I get my 10 pass ozone. And I remember um, just having this realization. I, was, I, was, I had a lot of time to think because I was all by myself. And I remember just like getting this determination and realization that this is what I had to do. This is what I had to do. And before that, I had just been kind of half-assing mold avoidance. And what happened to me was what Eric says will happen to people if they don't get clear enough. He says, you'll stay like this forever. And that had been my experience, not doing enough mold avoidance, half-assing mold avoidance. Yes, I did recover to the point where I wasn't dying anymore, but I wasn't getting better enough to recover and so <clears throat> I was stuck in exactly what Eric said would happen that if you don't do enough mold avoidance you stay like this forever. I was not making progress. I was staying like this forever. So there was this like the penny dropped in my brain like aha um <clears throat> holy crap. I have to do this. And and it was like it was kind of a relief because all of the competing priorities just fell away. And after I had got my last 10 pass Ozone in Southern California, which is another story, I'll talk to you guys all about Southern California and Ozone another time, because they were very great things for me at the time. But anyway, I drove back to a campground that we knew was a good campground in northern New Mexico, and there was no cell service there, so I was driving in and out of town uh to get self-service and look at rental houses. And I was at that campground for 17 days by myself without my family knowing when they could rejoin me. They were in Tahoe staying at my parents' house. And I, I was working 14 hours a day trying to find us a rental house that we could stay in that had RV parking. I had all these requirements. It has to have RV parking, has to be, you know whatever, all these different requirements. And it, it just so happened that that was easier to find in New Mexico than California, right? Duh, bigger lots, cheaper, all these things. That was why I was there. <clears throat> so um, I worked 14 hours a day calling Craigslist, Zillow, you know, I looked at 25 properties. And I finally found one that worked. And it was great. It It solved our Needs. And that was the turning point in my recovery, I would say. I mean, there's a lot of turning points. It depends on how you want to define it. But finding us a stable place in northern New Mexico was really, really, really important. Um, It ended up that that rental house only lasted us four months before it went bad. It was a wood house. You'll hear me talk about how a lot about how I don't trust wood anymore. But It lasts us four months, and I did so much deep healing in those four months. My mentors had told me, you need to be clear, stay clear, be stable for longer periods of time in order to get the real deep healing. The running around from place to place is not where you get the deep healing. It's where you heal in the beginning, yes, but eventually you need to really settle in somewhere. And so because there was RV parking when the house went bad, I still could stay Uh, In the area and in my RV. And then eventually we found another rental house right down the street that was also good. You eventually find that when the outdoor air is good, the houses tend to be good too. And that house lasted us another 10 months or whatever. And so then finally my body healed enough that I didn't have to be in New Mexico all the time anymore. If you guys listen to my other podcasts, you'll hear my love affair with New Mexico, New Mexico is really turning point. So the moral of the story is that I was a lot more screwed than I realized I was when I, you know, didn't quite realize, how, like, you're you, you going to run out of money, you're not going to heal, like your family needs to be, like, there's a lot of things that are going on here. You better be like Ender in Ender's Game, where you realize what the goal is the target the priority and you might lose some soldiers along the way and those soldiers in this analogy is you know oh i want to be in california oh i want to be here i want to be there whatever you you got to pick what's important in mold avoidance you really got to go for it before you you know run out of money and everything blows up now one you know caveat is you have to apply this to your own situation um Not everybody's gonna do what I did and go to New Mexico and do the same thing. uh It depends how sick is the person, how clear is their hometown area where maybe they can just stay and move across the street. Not everybody has to go to a different city or a different state. Um How much money do you have? How old are your kids? Do you even have kids? Are you single? Are you married? Is your job flexible like i'm you know I tell you my story not because I think people should follow what I did. It's that's not at all it. It's because I want to demonstrate to you guys um, how it went for me and some of the wrong turns I could have taken and did take, thankfully bailing myself out, um, you know, so it, <clears throat> I'll just give you the one last little one minute story. The thing that we were doing that wasn't working because I wasn't being like Ender in Ender's Game was we, I really wanted to be by Tahoe. Lake Tahoe is our hometown. It was where our family was. And um, I was doing everything I could to put that round peg in a square hole, even to the point where like real estate prices in Reno were, were crazy. Cause like Tesla and Apple moved in there and there are millions of, you know, you can't get a house for under a million dollars. And I was, at one point I was paying $1,400 a month to park my RV on private land. And I was also paying $3,000 a month to rent an apartment for my family. So I was paying $4,400 a month. And yes, we could not afford that (laughs) $4,400 a month. I still wasn't really healing because it wasn't clear enough. And I couldn't even go to the apartment that my family and my wife and kids were in because it was the whole area was just super toxic, right? Like that wasn't working. And I think... That if people treat their mold avoidance like that, where they think they can just do whatever the hell they want, that it's not going to work out. You have to kind of submit to the realities of the game. And um, it it was crazy. I even wanted to try to stay the winter at that property. And I ended up paying about $3,000 to install a septic tank to keep our RV there, because I was trying to keep us in the Reno area. And then we ended up leaving and it, it, we never went back to Reno to to live there. And and now this guy, because I was like begging him, Oh, I'll stay, you know, whatever. Now this guy has a, a fresh new RV septic tank on his property in Reno that I paid for that I never used a single time ever $3,000. I just wrote a check to install a septic tank and land that I never got to use because I was trying to make something work that wasn't working. And, you know, if you have a hundred million dollars and you're super wealthy, then your situation might be different and you might be able to force things to work that didn't work. But I quickly realized that, um, I had to try to survive before I could thrive. My desire being in the Reno area was that we would thrive We would be close to family. We loved it. It was in the mountains that we liked. I wanted us to thrive there, but the problem was we weren't surviving there. You can't thrive until you survive, and that's like the bottom line of this message tonight. You can't thrive until you survive. I made a post on the group tonight, and I used the analogy of, let's say, someone gets in a car accident, and they become paraplegic and they're in their wheelchair, and they're going to physical therapy, and they tell their physical therapist, like, I want to be an NBA player, I want to I want to be able to slam dunk a basketball, the physical therapist is going to be like, well, let's try to walk first, right? Like, if you can walk and get out of your wheelchair, which in and of itself would be miraculous, then let's worry about playing basketball. And I feel like that was like the transition I had to make when we were in Reno and I was forcing it to work. Um I was trying to play NBA basketball in my wheelchair. And I'm using this as an analogy. I've never actually been in a wheelchair. Um I'm you know that's just an example. Thank God I haven't been. And bless you people who have to be in wheelchairs. I'm sure it's really hard and horrible. But that was when we moved out of Reno was, it was like, okay, we got to survive before we thrive. And, um, it's just the rules of the game. We don't get to pick how clear we need to get a mold in order to heal. The body picks that. And the more we fight against it, um, the, the more we end up kind of getting the, the worst of both worlds. We don't heal, and we're spending all of our money and our resources faster to get it done. <clears throat> and, and again, everybody's situation is different. I have a friend who probably some of you guys know who's you know able to live back in a fairly toxic area because of his situation. You know, he doesn't have kids. He's he did a lot of healing doing extreme mold avoidance in New Mexico for like eight months. Um, and he's extremely disciplined about decontaminating his sleeping area and his bedroom. And, and he admits that it's very hard to survive in this toxic area because a lot more laundry and decontamination is needed. So great. He's maybe succeeding in living a normal life or as normal as as it can be. But the thing is the fascinating thing. And I'll just, I want to mention just 30 seconds of his story is that before he went to New Mexico to do extreme mold avoidance, he was trying to thrive before he could survive. He was in his you know hometown living out of his car and he wasn't really getting better. And finally, he realized like, no, I got to go do extreme mold avoidance. And he did enough healing doing extreme mold avoidance that when he reentered his hometown area, he did it with a very pragmatic approach like, OK, I've got to, you know, make this work in a realistic way rather than just hope that it works or force it to work. And I think he did a great job accomplishing that. Um, But anyway, that's my message tonight is you have to survive before you can thrive. And before this becomes depressing and you're like, oh my gosh, how depressing is it that all I get to do is survive. Let me tell you that when you are surviving, and I don't just mean surviving at a low level. I mean like we were in New Mexico, we had housing, we were healing, we were together. I was able to work and continue to make income. Like it was it wasn't just bad and, you know, just surviving. Like out of surviving comes thriving. Because when you have healing and stability and health um you can seek and attain the ability to thrive a lot more easily. And what it all kind of boils down to really, ultimately, is just being realistic about locations. It's the locations effect being realistic about locations, where do I need to go, so that it will work for my family to heal and survive and, you know, have the things that We need to have like clear enough air, affordable RV parking or housing, um, you know, whatever these things are just to kind of like put all that first and get that taken care of and done. I'm going to leave you guys with one final thought on this topic, another way, and I hate to go back to being pessimistic, but I would rather just think of this as being realistic. Another, another way to look at this or another thing to consider another way that we could be worse off than we realize is that there's also a possibility of worsening and progressive sickness if one doesn't take this seriously. Um, you know, a lot of us were on a bad trajectory and we really can't afford to be as sick or more sick, you know, than we already were. And so, like, that's another way that healing isn't really optional. If you really confront the brutal facts, um, it's not like there's really a whole lot of choice to healing. It's not like, well, um, I, I maybe won't, I maybe just won't heal cause it's not worth it. Well, yeah, try that for a couple of years, you know, and then you'll be even more broke and even more out of a job and even more sick. Right. So like a lot of this stuff isn't really like pr- probably like the bottom line of all of this stuff is realizing that there's a lot less choice in it than we think there is. There's just a lot less choice than we think there is. You know, you have to survive in order to thrive. Okay, guys, I'm going to finish this here. Um, Thanks for listening. Just my usual disclaimer that I'm not a doctor. This podcast is my own personal journey, not professional advice. So if you guys uh, need medical advice or have professional questions, then don't ask me. Thanks. Thanks for listening.